Welcome to the Gutch Church Podcast. My name is Kennedy Shear, and thanks so much for joining us. Today, we have a great word from my dad, Pastor Bill Shear. If this ministry has changed your life, will you let us know? Send us an email to story at gutschurch.com. The word, God's word, okay, is the most potent, powerful, transformational thing on the planet. God's word, all right? It doesn't just change you. It's not designed to fix you. It transforms you. He transforms us by his word, all right? God's will is that your life and your situations in life are transformed. That's how we overcome. That's, That's why our life doesn't have a reoccurring theme of, of negative and of illness and the, a, a cycling of addiction or a cycling of anger or, or, or whatever, or a, a cycling of depression doesn't happen in our life because situationally God transforms us, even those situations in our life. When we declare God's word, we declare the word of the Lord in a situation. Remember the Bible says, be thankful in, not thankful for. But when, we're, when, when we declare the word of the Lord in a situation, God transforms. See, that's what triggers the transformation power of God's word is when we speak his word. That's why the Bible says speak his word in season and out of season. When you're thinking, well, I'm not sure I'm equipped for this. It feels like it's out of season for me. Well, you still speak it. See, we believe and we hope for revival in our lives. Although that's the catchy church thing to do. But understand this, revival's in his word. That's where revival is. See, God's word revives us. I'm going I'm to preach God's word today. You're going to be revived. Amen. In Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the 12th verse, the Bible says, For the word of God is living and powerful. It's alive and power. There is life in God's word. That's where we need to live our lives. All right? It's living and power. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of our soul and our spirit and of our joints and marrow. Now listen. And is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. You know, it's real easy for us to say, well, you know, man looks on the outside, but God looks on the inside. Because that's all we can see. See, I can't look at you and judge your heart. I could judge your behavior. I could judge your attitude. I could judge your vernacular. I could judge the fruit of your life. I cannot judge what's in your heart. Well, let me help you. Why? Because I can't see there. And and here's what's interesting. I can't see in my own heart. You know, there's times where I'll get get fired up or I'll get heated and and I'll say something and I'll be like, no, 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 that came out wrong. Anybody else do that? Or, or you'll, you'll say something and you'll go, no, I didn't really mean that. Or, or how about this one? I don't know where that came from. Well, the Bible says out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. See, I'm not, I, I'm not keeping inventory of everything I see and everything I hear. There are things that I'll see and I'll be like, I'll never unsee that. Or I can't unhear that. But then there's so much that don't get caught in that filter. There's so much, that I, that so much that I see, there's so much that I hear that ends up in my heart. Well, how do I discern the, my th- the thoughts and intents of my heart? I have to put God's word in there. See, God's word is, I'll write this down, God's word is always revealing in our lives. 
See, the, the Bible talks about us being, uh, that our natural man will look in the mirror and then walk away and forget who he, what he looks like. And you know what? That has never become more clear to me than it is right now in my stage of life. I'm 64. I'll be 65 in a few months. And I, but I don't think that way. So I'll look at a mirror and I'll walk by a mirror and I'll be going, holy shoot fire, what just happened? Are you kidding me? We forget what men are men. Now think spiritually about that. There's no mirrors, but there's God's word. You don't know who you are without God's word illuminating it to you. It's a light in your life. See, that's what's amazing about this is that, that well, let's continue. Let's go a couple verses later in Hebrews 4. Seeing then, verse 14, that we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Now listen, let us hold fast our confession. Why? Jesus has passed through the heavens. Okay? Now listen, for we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. The interesting thing about temptation to our flesh, if you're carnal, if you don't have God's word operative in your life, let, let me tell you guys, just so you know, you two guys are targets today. You sat on the front row. It's not my fault. There's a big fat bullseye on both of you. So I'm preaching to both of you guys, okay? Just so you know. So you're free game, all right? And it's hard for me to miss from here. So, but what was I talking about? Temptation. Why would I talk about that? Oh, yeah. To your flesh, just who we are naturally, to your flesh, temptation feels like sin. How many, how many guys, now listen, a show of hands. I want to see your hands that that's the case. When, you, when, when you're in a temptation, it feels like sin. Because it does to our flesh. It's not. Jesus was tempted in like manner as us, yet knew no sin. And you're going, no way could that have happened. Yet that's what the word says. And the Bible says this, and it says it in, in, in the framework of temptation. Here's what the next verse says in verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly to the throne of God's power, his supernatural ability, his favor. See, most people will say, like, like there's people that'll come to church and they're 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 in it and they're they're growing and they're getting friends and they're loving it, and then they they drift and they're not in church for a while. And and they'll run into somebody from the church. And somebody from the church will say, Man, I haven't seen you in a while. Man, what's up, man? Come on back to church. And most of the time, people will say, no, there's some things I have to clean up, some things I have to clear up in my life first. See, that doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't work that way. You know, the, the self, just walk by the self-help sections of the bookstores or the internet because there is no self-help. That's why God had to send Jesus. He's our help. And then God sent his Holy Spirit that's another helper 
that comes in and reminds us of everything Jesus said and shows us things that we didn't know. See, but go back to that verse in, I think it's verse 16 in Hebrews. It says this, you obtain mercy and you find grace. How do you obtain something? It just drops in your lap. Do you understand how, how easy mercy is in our lives? It's new every morning. Yesterday may have been a bad day for you, a rough day. Yesterday may have been a bummer. You screwed everything up. Well, today his mercies are brand new. You didn't use up all of his mercies yesterday in that bad day. You get brand new mercy today. That's how good God is. But then, so you obtain mercy, and what do you do with grace? You find it. How do you find something? You got to look for it. You got to seek it. You got to seek it out. How do you do that? In his word. You find his grace. His grace is found in his promise, in his word. Now, what's his grace? Because see, a lot of people don't specify the difference between mercy and grace. They might be related. They might even be cousins, but they're not the same thing. There are similarities. We could talk about them. We could, we could put them in the same scripture, the same verse. But let me tell you what his, what his, what his grace is, his supernatural ability, his power, and his favor. Now listen, his, his, and what's that favor? That favor is with him and man. Man, why would you get that promotion? Your boss doesn't even like you. The favor of God's on your life. How'd that favor come on your life? You found it. How'd you find it? You, you received God's word with gladness. In 2 Corinthians 10.3, the Bible says, for though we walk in the flesh, and this is, this is so amazing, though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. So what do we do in our life? This is a journey. We're on a path. It, it seems so tranquil, 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 but it's not tranquil. It's, it's walking and warring. What are you doing? I'm just walking this out. What does that mean? You're fighting your butt off. We walk and we war. We walk according to the flesh. We don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare aren't carnal or worldly, but mighty unto God. For the pulling down of strongholds. See, the war in our walk is in our heads. That's where it is. Where's that temptation? It's in your, it's in your mind. See, we're built now to overcome temptation. How do we do that? Man, we, we, we come boldly to, to, the, to the grace of God, to the throne of grace. Verse 5 says, casting down arguments and every high thing that tries to exalt itself against the knowledge of God in your life. Bringing every thought. See, God's grace brings every thought into captivity through the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. See, it's, ama it's amazing to me. You know, I think about Jesus, and in John 14, and let me tell you, if there is a scripture that you ought to just tear the page of your Bible out, put it in your pocket, and read the rest of your life every single day, it's John 14, 12 through 14. And we, you hear it a lot when you come in here. Jesus said, look, absolutely, most assuredly. Let me say most assuredly. Say absolutely. Say, this is an absolute. See, there's so much of this stuff that's debatable. This is not debatable. 
This is an absolute of God. Jesus said, most assuredly, absolutely, I say to you, he said, look, look me in the eyes, listen to what I'm saying. I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he'll do also. And greater works than these he'll do because I go to my father. You're like, oh my gosh. And he didn't stop there. He wrote a check. He didn't fill it out, the amount. He just signed it and gave it to you. Put your name on it and signed it and gave it to you. And then verse 13, he pulls out another check and he puts your name on it and he signs it. And he said, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do that the father may be glorified in the son. And you're like, oh my gosh, this couldn't get any better. And then he pulls out another check and he puts your name on it and he signs it and he doesn't fill it out. He just hands you a signed check. And he said, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. Shoot. What does that do to your depression right there? What does that do to symptoms that are incurable in your body right there? What does that do to the state of your affairs right there? What does that do about your mental image right there? What does that do with, with the, your self-love right there? What does it do to all those things? It obliterates them. It annihilates them. It doesn't just, he doesn't just lap the, our, our adversaries there. They, they get run off the road. They, they're not even on the track anymore. See, what God does with, with things like John 14, 12 to 14, is God takes the things that try to, to, in a seductive way to limit you. Well, everybody's going through it. Well, it's not that big a deal. No, you know what? Man, what, what John 14, 12 to 14 does, it disqualifies all of them. They're not even in the contest anymore. Here's a thought. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Here's a thought. Where does God live? We'll go ask a four-year-old in the junior kids. Where does God live? Where does God live? He'll say, in my heart. Of course, he lives in us. So why are we thinking he's going ex- to speak to us externally when he lives in us? See, it's, I think Wednesday night I talked about fleecing God. Do you understand Old Testament guys fleece God? We don't. We've got God's promise. We've got his word. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We live by the spirit and truth now. We're not here to say, God, show me a sign. Man, the world, the heathen, they're looking for a sign. We don't need a sign. Man, when people get up and start preaching signs, they're away from God's word. They're outside the covenant. See, what signs, what signs are there? They're not for us. These signs follow those who believe. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. If they touch any deadly thing, it won't harm them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's the signs the world's looking for, but it's from us. Dad, gum it, church. We got to wake up. Man, it's time for us to live as believers. It's time for us not to be slapped around by the doubt of the world. The, the world is doubting so violently, so aggressively, the church is getting sucked right up into it. No. Man, what is the Bible? The, look, Psalm 107, verse 19 says, Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. 
Where's your trouble? Man, you've got to identify it. You've got to call it out. And he saved them out of their distresses. Look at the next verse. And he said his word and healed them and delivered them of all their destructions. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices, listen, of thanksgiving. Man, you got your, you got your lips sticking out. You got your, you got your wine on. and Man, the world's all about griping and the B word. Man, we're not. Here's, here's what the New Testament says. Do all things without grumbling or complaining, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. It's thankfulness. It's praise. That's what wins in life. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works, listen, with rejoicing. Let me tell you what the world is not hearing. It's not hearing a rejoicing church. That's who I want to be. I want to be able to profess my thankfulness to God, and I, I want to rejoice in front of a world that wants to pull fear and torment and distress and depression into everything we do. Oh my gosh, we need a good, we need a good outcome on the elections. Oh really? The kingdom that I'm about now, where my citizenship is, the government is on the shoulders of Jesus. And, and of it, there is no end. See, here's what's interesting. What's interesting is we're thinking our life has innings or quarters or a time clock. There's minutes and seconds that are ticking away. And they're not. See, the government of his kingdom, there's no end. There's no end to his It's It's limitless. It's infinite. Everything we see is limited. Everything we feel, everything we feel is finite. But you know what? What's in our heart now is infinite. It's, it's listen, limitless. Not, even, not just unlimited. It's limitless. There's no li- it's Limit is incapable of even, even being in the outlook of my life. Dad Gummit, can you hear me? Amen. See, that's the trans. We go back to the transformation that God is looking to do in our lives. That we look at the outlook of our life now. It's like this is limitless. It's like here's a problem. That's what the world says. You know what the kingdom says? Here's our opportunity. Man, here's this woman that comes to the well. She'd probably been to she'd been to the market. She'd been to the field. She'd been to the places. And oh my gosh, I got to go to the well. I got to get some water. And she runs into Jesus. And he says, give me a drink. And she says, you have nothing to drink with. And I'm a Samaritan, and your kind doesn't mix with my kind. Remember, you look down on us. And I'm a woman. He said, yeah, and you've been married this many times, and the man you're with now is not even your husband. But before he said that, you know what he said? 
give me a drink. She said, you have nothing to drink with. He said, if you knew who I was, listen to me, friends, if you knew who was on the inside of you, you wouldn't be looking around going, oh, dear God, I need to, no, no, I, I've drank from that cup now. Please listen to me. I've drank from that unlimited, infinite cup of Jesus. There's no end. The sky's, there's no limit in it. If you knew, you'd ask me for a drink. Now listen, and you'd never thirst again. <laughs> Woo! Are you, wait, what did he just say? That's what's in you. That audible voice is in you now. You can't miss it unless you drown it out with what the world's saying. Drown it out with de- doubt and unbelief and division. The world's talking about division. The world's talking about young people not going back to church. Young people staying away from church. Young people not wanting to have babies anymore. All I see are pregnant people and babies. No, we've got to, we have to hire six people now here at the church. Not a couple, six. And that's minimally. And most of it's just to help coordinate things with our babies and kids. God's word's the truth. This isn't new. The Bible says, let every man be a liar and the word of God be your truth. Man, there's a truth that'll never fail. There's a truth that lifts, annihilates every limit. You're not in the bottom of the ninth. You don't have two outs against you. See, that's why the Bible says, put it in baseball terms, the Bible says, let the peace of God rule and reign in your heart. Now listen, and act as an umpire. So the umpire is going to say, strike one, you've got this disease. No, not my umpire. My umpire is favoring me. My umpire is empowering me. My umpire, listen, is reigning in my life, is ruling in my life. If you're here and Jesus isn't Lord of your life, or maybe your life's not right with God, maybe at some point you gave your heart to Jesus because everybody else was doing it. Are you married into a church family or whatever it might be? I hear all of them. So every service, what I endeavor to do is give you an opportunity to take responsibility for your very life. Really, the only responsibility we can really take is a responsibility by who's going to be the Lord of our life. 
See, because everything in our lives work by obedience, submission, and sacrifice. And it's not just the church that requires that. Every agent of life requires that. So you're, you're either submitted to an unjust king or a righteous king. Well, I choose Jesus, a righteous king. I'm going to be obedient to the truth and not every wind of doctrine slapping me around. Man, do you understand the steps of our life are very sure? Why? Because our feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That's how I walk through life. That's how you walk through life. So if you're here and you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you're here and you need to get your life right with God, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand just like this. Just right where you are. Just lift your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for you. And then I want to take you to lunch. Is there anybody else? Anybody that you don't have to go to lunch, but we'll offer it. But you're here and you get your life right with God. Just raise your hand. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Just say, I need to make Jesus the Lord of my life. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God bless you. Kind of makes my day. Is there anybody else? Just raise your hand. It's not going to kill you. They've already proven. God bless you. Anybody else? Just get your life right with God. Just say, God, a matter of truth in my life is Jesus is Lord. Period. Is there anybody else? Just raise your hand. God bless you. I'll tell you what's fun being me it, is, is people raise their hand. If I don't acknowledge them right away, like 20 people around them are all going. I got like an eagle eye. Unless you get like beyond like 50 feet. Is there, is there, is there anybody else? Just one more. One more for the road. Last call. Is there anyone else? Just raise your hand. Oh, okay. Is this the first time you raised your hand? It took all that? Dear God, I've been begging. What's your name? Kayshawn? Jay Sean? I like you, Jay Sean. What I know of you. We're all going to pray together. We're not bowing our heads. We're not closing our eyes. We're going to make a bold stand for God together today. Okay? Let's all pray together. Father God, I give you my life. I mean it. All of it, every part of it, even the hard parts to give, God, I give to you now. 
Jesus Christ is Lord of my life and whom I trust. I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God, I thank you now because of Jesus, greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I am created in Christ Jesus for great works that I should just walk in them. God, I thank you now. I'm going to heaven. I'll never smell the scent of hell. Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. Devil, you got to get out of my life. Every part of my life. I take authority over you now. I command you to dry place, to seek rest, and to find none. In Jesus' name. God, I thank you for the greatest life known to mankind. And you continually show yourself real and alive in a fresh new way for me every single day. Everything I put my hands to prosper. No weapon formed against me ever will. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above only and never beneath. And God, I thank you now for the most incredible life known to mankind is what I'm walking out in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for tuning in to Guts Church YouTube channel. I'm Pastor Chano Trevino, the assistant pastor here at Guts Church. And on behalf of our leadership team, our staff, our church, it's our hope that this message met you right where you are. If it did, I bet there's someone you know who could use the encouragement of this message in their life. And you sharing it with them can make all the difference. The mission of Guts Church is to help people win. And you can be a part of that simply by sharing, or better yet, inviting someone to tune into Guts Church online with you every week. Take that next step to be a part of what God is doing right now in this moment in time by being committed to showing up, placing a premium on God's word, and receiving all that God has for you. You can share this message, gather your friends for services, make it a priority to make this the place you want to be. God has so much for you. I truly believe that. We love you. We're praying for you. Can't wait to see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information about the ministries of Gut Church, visit our website at gutschurch.com.